Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Afternoon is in the building, and Brent Martineau is not. Casey Kurtz in control for the next three hours with my guy Brian Middleton. This is the Action Sports Jacks Overtime Music. We don't play the open with Brent Martineau's name if Brent Martineau doesn't show up to work. And we're sick of him not showing up to work. But he's not here, Casey Kurtz. Brian Middleton rocking with you. All kinds of other guests throughout the uh, rest of the show. It's like a, uh, it's, it's Brent's dream. It's Brent and friends without Brent. It's just the friends. Uh, first... Guest, if you will, of the day. Uh, you may know him from 96.9 The Eagle. I hope it's 96.9. It is 96.9. It's good if you didn't mess that up. Hey, man, just, just trying to do my best to promote the other stations. Aaron from The Eagle. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Aaron from The Eagle. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Jets fan, right? Jets fan. That sucks. Die hard, yeah. No, believe me, it sucks. Yeah. That's terrible. There you it go. Horrible, it is. Get Chuck in there early, Brian Milton. What's worse, being... Brian, from the outside looking in, what's worse, a Jags fan or a Jets fan? Like, who suffered more? It's fairly clear it's a Jets fan issue, right? Uh, yeah, because they've been around longer. And, like, have pain. reached the Super Bowl, won the thing, and, like, have been trying to claw back for, what, 830 years at this point? Right around I mean, that, give or take. Yeah, it feels like a while. I mean, Jags fan, you've reached the, uh, the, the AFC championships. One. Multiple. Yeah. Huh? Well, once of late. <laughs> but, you know, you haven't tasted it. You haven't been there. So what he's trying to convince you of Jacksonville is Jets fans have suffered more when we know what the suffering be has happy, been. Be happy the team hasn't made it, yes. I can tell you we are happy we got Trevor Lawrence. What do you got? We've got Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is good. Yeah, it's second place. He's good. Silver medal. Not the award you wanted when that draft came about, but Trevor Lawrence made his way to Jacksonville. Brian Milton, what up? What's your name? Uh, nothing too much, man. I'm just here witnessing greatness. That's it. You know what it is? You ready to work for three hours? Three Man, I started prepping for this show, you know, since yesterday, Stop man. Stop I've been running. working for 24 hours, Casey Kurtz. I appreciate that. You got to step it up. I appreciate that. We, we got a lot to do. We got Aaron with us for about an hour. Um, we're going to hear from Andre Sisco, Jacksonville Jaguar safety. He had a one-on-one -on -one with Brent Martineau. We'll play that for you in a little bit. You're going to hear from Max Meyer, Jumbo Shrimp top prospect. Um, had on an incredible tear this season. Uh, is hurt right now, no pun intended, with the tear part of that. But... Uh, you will hear from Max Meyer as well. I think old friend Justin Kuzart's going to slide by. Um, you may know him as the person who was me before it was me. They might also hear him on the weekends on the fishing show. Maybe. There's a little spot on that fishing show. That's true. That is true. So uh, we do have the fishing show. Um, so we got a lot to do today. Um, and when you look around the landscape of sports today, we got NBA Finals. We got NHL, which we're going to talk about a little bit as well. But when you go to the NFL, we don't have a lot going on. <laughs> Not not really much at all. We can sit here and talk about the most normal-looking guy that's in the NFL, Hunter Renfro. Probably should be a banker, as Austin used to tell you. Uh, getting an extension, so what does that mean for the Raiders? Talk about that. Uh, Aaron came with the heat today. I think we got uh, odds for the number one pick next year. Which team will get the number one pick and which players are currently projected? Please, Lord. 
not us. <laughs> it's, it's possible. Anybody but us. Also, um, kind of an update to a story me and Brent told you about a couple of days ago. Jack Del Rio and his comments um, have been met with a fine. We will tell you about that as we go along as well. But we will start in an interesting spot. And that's with Hunter Renfro getting an extension. Hunter Renfro had a great season, gets an extension from the Las Vegas Raiders. Aaron, you brought this up. It's interesting to me because I didn't really think about it this way. When you have a guy like Hunter Renfro, a two-year extension, a young receiver, um, not undervalued, but definitely not a guy you think of as a top receiver, they went out and got that guy in Devontae Adams. Uh, Josh Jacobs is still, in my opinion, a good running back. The defense is suspect. And then you have Derek Carr, who's definitely not getting any younger they extend him as well this offseason so you brought up an interesting point with the Raiders are they going for it now because they don't really have a choice so definitely I think when it comes to Derek Carr right because no one really believes in this guy they kind of gave him a little bit of obviously they gave him a big extension but there are outs there for the team they went out and got him a big time receiver former uh, former teammate from college, one of the best receivers, mm-hmm. if not the best receiver in the league. You're leaving out a big piece to the puzzle, though. Am I? How about tight end Darren Waller? That's a good call. All right, here's Waller. a guy who's basically like that tight end wide receiver X player. Mm-hmm. So they do have some young there, but you're right in the fact that, or at least I brought up the fact that, and I think I'm right, but you're right when you agree with me, that mm-hmm. the window is not exactly infinite for that team. Like, without Carr getting older or younger, do you believe he's the Super Bowl-level quarterback? that every team is in search for now? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it does come down to Derek Carr, right? Because you do, you keep looking at this uh, roster, at least on the defensive side. They also bring in Chandler Jones, which is something you kind of forget about. Um, so they, they do have the pieces there, but yes, it all does come down to Derek Carr. I think with the Raiders, you kind of have to go for it when you have a guy like Derek Carr, to your point. But when you look at that division, I mean... It's tight. It's the hard, It's the toughest division in football. You got the Chiefs, you got the Chargers, and you got the Broncos. The Broncos, obviously, I think highly of you don't. Um, I, I, not as highly as the other teams in the AFC. I think the Raiders, sneakily, have put together one of the most powerful offenses in that conference. Because of Devontae Adams? Like, he I mean, put that out. Well, obviously, but he put that over for you. Because that's really the main, obviously, you bring Renfro back, you bring Carr Renfro, back. Waller, Carr, improve the line with another year, consistency with the coaches. They've got a pretty stable backfield. I think they just drafted a kid, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a good offense that can score points. And now they just added, basically, the number one wide receiver in the league. I mean, you look at Renfro in his rookie year, right? 71 targets, 49 receptions. You add Waller, who had a great rookie year and contributed, and he goes up in receptions, up in targets. Renfro does. Mm-hmm. And then last year, real breakout. I mean, a tremendous. I mean, he definitely earned that extension. But at two years, you got to wonder what the commitment to him is, especially with the prices that wide receivers are going for these days. If they could have locked down Renfro at some kind of discount relative to some of these other guys, mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been totally beneficial to the team to lock him up for four or five years with like a two years of outs for the team. But that's not how it went down. Yeah, absolutely. Brian Middleton. Are you weighing on this, man? What you going to tell me about the Raiders? Probably some disrespect. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just over here. I, I'm amazed. Uh, Renfro, I'm looking at his stats from the past season, and I'm just like, how did I miss that? I mean. He had a fantastic year. Yeah, it was uh, Cooper Cuppish in, in a little bit. Like low-key. Yeah, low yeah, key. yeah. I was like, okay, man. So it was like great value Cooper Cup over here. But don't do that. Nah, yeah, don't it call is. him the great value it Cooper is. Cup. It is. Come on. Well, Cooper Cup consistent over every game. I think Renfro was more spiky. It was like a boomer bust with Renfro. Great value. Yeah, Thank you, Aaron. Value. 
So, uh, yeah, man, I, I think that this is a – I do think this is a good move, Casey, if you think about what we were talking about uh, earlier this week when I was talking about taking care of the players, the message that that sends, the optics, that part of it as far as the morale with the team and how that can help out in the process of winning, especially if you are on the right path. And that's why we want to try to do those type of things with players who perform here in Jacksonville. So I like the move right there, and I don't disagree. I mean, the Raiders are a good team. Last season, it's amazing that they did what they did, and they, they kept it together in the way that they did. I think we could all agree on that. Uh, you know, Derek Carr, do I think he can get you to a Super Bowl? Maybe, but I think a lot of stuff has to line up. You already mentioned his division, but the AFC just in general, you just like I mean, like, like if you get out of your division, you still got Lamar Jackson, you still got Josh Allen. Uh, you know, it's a like, tough, you still, tough AFC, man. I mean, he may be good enough to get a team to a Super Bowl, but – it just may be the it just may not line up. It may just not line up because of so many good teams, so many awesome quarterbacks that are in the AFC this season. It used to be as a game manager, you could still get your team to the Super Bowl, but it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. Certainly not for the last five to seven or eight years. No, not I, I agree with that. Not anymore. When you look at the guys that go to the Super Bowl, because if you look at what the AFC had in the playoffs last year, that's a good point. I think obviously Mahomes, you're not. Definitely not a game manager. No. Uh, Ryan Tannehill? It's as close as you're going to get, and the Titans underperformed. Well, I mean, it's as close as you're going to get if, as well as Mac Jones. I'm sorry. Mac Jones is He's, the game yeah. manager. He is the guy. And it's so – and now when you – and obviously when you look at – and I guess Big Ben was as well. But that's not going to be the case this year because you guys have, like, Herbert ready to take that next step. Matt Ryan, I'm not going to call Matt Ryan a game manager, but he might be now in Indianapolis when you can just hand off the football to Jonathan Taylor. That's a really good team on the defense as well. Like, that's a good setup there for him. Yeah. And then, Brian, to your point, Lamar Jackson. Joe uh, Burrow. I mean, he actually got to the Super Bowl. Joe yes. Burrow. And he's not a game manager. And then, and not at all. Whoever plays for Cleveland. I mean, Baker's kind of like game manager on steroids, but he's still a little bit risk takier than game manager. Yeah. Absolutely, that, that that's a good part of it as well. Hey, I do want to work this in. I just this kind of popped up on Twitter. It has nothing to do with football, but it is surprising. Uh, obviously, we're the home for FSU here, uh, Northeast Florida on ESPN six ninety. Mike Martin Jr. Um, I'm surprised to see it. The record was not great for Florida State this year, thirty four and twenty five. Uh, Mike Martin Jr. has been let go by Florida State. Obviously, the son of the great Mike Martin. So. Uh, Mike Martin Jr. is out in Florida State baseball, and they will have a head coach that is not named Mike Martin somebody for the first time in I can't even tell you how many years, uh, but it's been forever. So that's kind of surprising. Um, Two years. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 I'm, – I'm surprised to see it. We've had Mike on the show before, good dude, uh, but Mike Martin Jr. out at Florida State, somewhat of breaking news. So I just wanted to – uh, work that in. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN. 690, Brett Martineau, MIA. We don't know where he is, and frankly, we don't care. He's missing. He's, he's missing in action. Uh, Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton, Aaron Schachter, otherwise known as Aaron from 96.9 The Eagle, rocking along today. I, I, I thought about it on your name. I was like, shh. You got to work, so you got to need, need like a big sign or something in front of you. Yeah, it, I guess I do. Um, I guess we go to this and kind of get it out of the way, but we definitely need to talk about it. Jack Del Rio fined $100,000 for his comments um, involving what happened at the U.S. Capitol. Obviously, me and Brent talked about the comments a little bit. And the overwhelming thing we talked about is why talk about it, right? Why talk about it in front of a microphone? We can't really figure out that part of it. 
Um, a hundred k though. That's that's not a little bit. Is a lot. That's like, a lot of bit. That's a number that I feel like we haven't seen from the NFL in no. They mean a business. While. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Goodell and everyone in the front offices, the NFL, weren't looking at the NBA and what was going down with the China controversy with the Houston Rockets and going, we don't want any part of a political issue on anything anywhere. Even though both leagues have kind of put that foot into the social justice space, right? Yeah. But I do have two thoughts on the Del Rio thing. First of all, if you're talking about the commanders, right? right, You're talking about a team that has been in trouble consistently Mm -hmm. more than any other NFL franchise forever. So let's not pretend... Like, these guys are out here doing the yeoman's work, getting rid of what they feel are bad apples and making people apologize. PR move, Dan Snyder is on his way out the door. He's about to get kicked out of the league by Mm -hmm. the rest of the owners. And this does not help, especially with the team in the nation's capital. But to your point, man, 100 grand, that's That's a a lot lot of money. It's a lot. I'm telling you, it's a number that I feel like we haven't seen. Brian Middleton, um, you see what Jack Del Rio said. You see what the NFL did to react to it. They do enough. They do too much. Yeah, man. The NFL told Jack Del Rio, tell him to bring me my money. 100K, that is a lot of money. But then again, you know, Jack has been making money since he was a player. I mean, they weren't making Jack's, what the players make now. But Jack's I, not hurting for sure. You know, but, but he, he ain't happy. Yeah. Is he, ain't happy. he ain't happy about that. Uh, so I, I take a little bit of a different approach to get to the same destination I think that you guys are at. I am for everybody being able to say, whatever they want, whatever they want, as offensive as it may be. However, the consequences that come from you having that free speech, I'm for as well. So, like, if he felt like he wanted to make those comments in front of a microphone or if he wanted to get on a IG Live or he wanted to snap it out to people or whatever. Nobody snapping, bro. Yeah, okay. You snapping. Okay. (laughs) But what I'm saying is this. I'm okay with the fact that he said what he said. I don't agree with it, but he has the right to say it. Go ahead and say it. But the NFL was like, hey, okay, I tell you what, you work for us, we're going to take that. We're going to take that money. You're not going to do that as long as you're employed or you're associated with this brand right here. But I'm okay with the NFL the who find them. It was the commanders. And then if you go on like any social media platform and read their statement, this long, drawn-out dribble, holy cow, like... Stop embarrassing yourself. You're the embarrassment of the league when it comes to behavior, morality, decision-making, and you're going to lecture this guy on doing what he did as if you're some moral authority. Just say, hey, he's fine, he's sorry, and move it on. We don't need them to pretend like they're on some grand stage here trying to make good on something. Just embarrassing. That's a good call. Yeah. Go. I mean, uh, listen, the commanders, to your point, not the model organization. No. At all. On the field, off the field, especially off the field. But it's if just, John Gruden has his way, the way that this lawsuit's going, uh, Commanders ain't gonna be the only one. My goodness, gonna be saying this about yes. in the next couple of seasons. That's true so. too. Yes, that's a good call. You forget, you kind of forget about the John Gruden thing. I Not did for long. It's coming back very quick. I mean, he yeah. just had that ruling in his favor. Yeah. Like yeah. all that stuff, whether it's legal or not, will make it to the media. You'll you'll see it. Absolutely. So just jumping in, Jack Dario, fine for his comments. Hundred K. 100K. Um, Have you heard anybody say former Jacksonville Jaguars head coach? No. Jack Del Rio yet? No. no. Okay. Thank goodness. Um, I'm leaving it on Washington for this one. Yeah. I, I will attest now's not the time to pump up uh, Jack Del Rio sound bites, but Brent Austin attests that the greatest moment of this show is when 
Jack Del Rio let the people know that he had no idea they were drafting Blaine Gabbert. What a great story, too, though. Yeah, so good. Um, if, you, if you've missed that one, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Jack Del Rio in line at the buffet on draft night <laughs> at the stadium. Hungry belly. And it popped up on the TV that the Jags had traded up, <laughs> and Jack Del Rio, the coach of the team, was in the buffet line. Wow. And they ended up with Blake. How cold was that war room when he gets back there with his taco salad? I don't think, I bet, I, <laughs> like, he's all stoked to eat this great hot dog or whatever they had in the war room over there, and he comes back to, like, this mayhem where his job is basically melted in front of him. I venture to believe the food didn't make it back, because as soon as it popped up, he chucked <laughs> it. Hit the wall. Okay. And, yeah, I'm sure. Fair enough. I'm sure it was an interesting spot if only they had the war room camera on that one. Yeah. If it was oh, this they did. That age. footage exists. I hope so. We just need to uncover it somewhere. I really hope so. Hey, Brian Milton, college football talk. You down for that? Uh, Yeah. Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF um, will leave the American and join the Big 12. Once again, those teams are Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. Your immediate reaction is what? I mean, you know, good on Cincinnati. I mean, UCF. I think it would be a bigger story if this was three seasons ago. Fair. Uh, I mean, it's fine. You know, they're still not really going to compete, I think, with the SEC overall. But, I mean, that's fine. That's good additions. Those are those are good teams. Does it? Enough. Enough. They're good enough. No, they're good enough. I yeah. think they're definitely good enough. Especially Cincy. Cincy for sure. I mean, Houston Houston is low-key good. Exactly. Like, they have good. been. Well, now we're going to know if they're actually real good. It will sort of. And li- listen, here's, here's the follow-up. The fact that they're joining the Big 12 and one of those teams is in Florida and one's in Cincinnati, like, does that annoy you? Are we still at the point where it has to make sense in terms of where the teams are versus the conference they're in, or are you just like, I don't care anymore? Yeah, I Everybody don't care. flies See, private. I was trained early on, man. They used to have this uh, video game called NCAA football, right? You better believe it. Before NIL, before uh, Ed O'Bannon's lawsuit, and uh, it would come out each year, and uh, there was a certain version of it if you were playing like a, like a my career type mode. Uh, you're the head coach, and you basically ran everything right, that franchise-type mode. If you were good over enough seasons and you were a small school, you could be in Alaska, and the SEC may be like, hey, we're going to kick out Vanderbilt. Do you want to come join us? So I've been trained from a long time ago, so I don't care. It doesn't make me no never mind, like my grandma say. I like that. Yeah. Uh, college football guy? Yeah, sure, a little bit. You're growing up in the Northeast, so yeah. like... We always thought if you went to the school, you supported it. But I've been living down here for 20 years, so uh, I certainly understand how it goes. I think it's a big deal for UCF, by the way. I mean, if anything, it's helping out Absolutely. with recruiting and, and, and notoriety. They're getting a bigger piece of the, the grand stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right about Houston, man. They've definitely come on as of late, as the last couple of years, specifically on the offense. And I don't know if it's a step up so much for them, but certainly, you know, Big 12 is a, is, is a, a big deal conference, and they matter. Yeah. Maybe not as much as the SEC, but they matter. No, the competition definitely goes up for these schools. I think it's a good point about UCF with recruiting because you also have a, a coach in Gus Malzahn who recruited the SEC and recruited the state of Alabama for a very long time. So he understands recruiting. I'm telling you, though, you both gave credit to Houston like a little bit. Don't sleep on this. Like Houston is becoming a is becoming Cincinnati, for lack of a better term, in my opinion. Well, whoa, they, whoa, 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 wait a minute. They're becoming wait Cincinnati. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, oh, now see, uh, see, Aaron, you got to watch. You got to watch Casey Lamont curse. Let me tell you why. Because Casey, for like eight months last year, was all on the Baylor Bears. So I love the so, Baylor Bears. I, I, I got a drop with him saying the Baylor Bears. And you can hear him drop <laughs> a pin. Where is it? It's right here. Hold on. The Baylor Bears. I mean, he now all of a sudden he's moving down the street 
Yeah. To Houston? He's working those calf muscles. Like He's jumping from bandwagon to bandwagon. There you go. I don't like that. No, no. Listen, I still ride with the boys at Baylor, but listen to me. Houston is football rich, right? So when you're recruiting at Houston for a long time, you're recruiting to whatever, the American Conference. It doesn't carry the same weight. Right. Now you're recruiting to a big-time conference. A television conference. Yeah, it's, that you don't have to play on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is a huge move for Houston, a school that's on the up and up. And, like I said, I don't think they're going to be, like, undefeated like Cincinnati, and I don't think we get to that point, right? But I think this is a big deal. I think this is a big deal for Houston. I think now we're going I'm, I'm, to find out about Houston. Like, are they going to take that next step as a program? Cincinnati has getting into the playoff. Will they run the conference? We will see. And I think UCF is still a player there uh, once they figure out what they're doing at the quarterback position. We talk hockey on the other side. We hit our first break of the day. Come back and stick with us. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. on a Friday afternoon. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martineau out today, but Casey Kurtz holding down the four. We got Ryan Middleton on the ones and twos. We got Aaron from 96.9 The Eagle standing in. So uh, you were on the radio this morning, right? Yeah. You do the morning? But I got that Friday energy. But, I mean, you know, it feels like we asked too much of you to just... You do. Because your shift started at, like, what what time do you go on the radio? Like, six? Well, the, the shift starts at six, and I go all the way to ten. And, you know, radio, radio is very uh, labor-intensive. A lot of hard work that yeah. goes in the radio. I'm certainly not just watching YouTube and reading Reddit and stuff like that. While you're in, like, commercial break and whatnot. Yeah. Or, okay. like, while I'm on the radio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, well, uh, listen to Aaron's show. It sounds high quality. Not so. hard work, but... Uh, in the morning. Love what I do, so, you know, time to play with some friends, right? Yeah, there we go. And uh, you love what you do. That's why we got you on. Here today, Jets fan, as we talked about uh, a little bit. Also, yesterday, uh, something that you're invested in this weekend. I'll get there. Just um, you got to let me get there first. Yesterday, uh, me and Brent had Ron Simmons on, college football Hall of Famer for the Florida State Seminoles, as well as WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, He's in town tomorrow and Sunday. River City WrestleCon at the fairgrounds. You can get your tickets still on the website uh, meet Ron Simmons, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy will be in attendance. Brett Hart will be in attendance. But most importantly, Aaron Schachter will be in attendance. I'll be in attendance. I'm going to be hanging out. I heard you might be headed down there a little bit. Unconfirmed. Casey, I think he's doing like an autograph session at one of the tables around 1 or 2 o'clock. But it's supposed to be a fun day, right? Yeah, it's uh, just something else to do. This weekend, a lot of wrestling legends will be in attendance. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not still watching WWE as a 42-year-old man, but I certainly loved it when I was in my 20s. You have kids, right? I do. I have three children. Interested at all? In wrestling? Yeah. That's not their speed. I don't know. Yeah, not their speed. My two daughters are into, uh, like, uh, one's into dance and one's into, like, reading, right? And my son is into every sport. He'll throw anything, whether it's a ball or not. He's he's throwing it somewhere. Okay. Just at the window and such? Literally, yes. Like, I had to give him the whole speech about what balls are right to throw in the house. If you got small kids, you know what I'm talking about because, like, growing up as a guy, you probably did this too, you find a wall or a door in your house to throw a ball against. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, like, then there's the game maybe you're laying on bed and you're trying to throw the ball to the ceiling without hitting the ceiling, but just almost hitting the ceiling. You ever do that one? Mm-hmm. All right. Great basketball drill, by the way. So I still like, do that, yeah. But this is the great thing about having a son or even a daughter if they're into playing catch or sports or stuff. Now you're still playing those games as an adult, but you're playing them with a little kid too. 
So, like, now I lay on the floor, my kid lays on his bed, and we do the ceiling thing back and forth to each other. That's, that's literally parenting in a nutshell. I like it. Uh, also, listen, here's one thing we do on this show, right? Brent talks a lot about Ty and Kaylee. We love talking about him. So, we, you know, we, we talk about our lives on here, right? Mm. So, you were telling me earlier that it's, it's game time, and I said, oh, okay, I don't know what that means. And you are ready for your daughter's performance, correct? It's her recital. It's her recital this weekend, man. She's, uh, it's her first year in dance class, and she's still so young that they do, like, the dance class at the daycare. But, you know, my wife has, like, lived her whole life wanting to be this dance mom. So, like, some ladies, when it comes to the wedding, become bridezilla. She's, like, dance momzilla right now. Okay. She's, like, if game day is tomorrow or Sunday, whenever the recital is, I don't even, I have to, like, look at the calendar. Oh, boy. But my wife is, like, bags are packed already. Really? Like, she's already got everything laid out, ready to go. As soon as this alarm goes, she's taking the kid and leave hours, hours before the recital. So, like, she is, and I'm just happy to watch, happy to be there, guy. But it's game day this weekend. Recital time, so soaked. Let me ask you one more thing before we talk some hockey. Uh, who will get less sleep the night before the performance, your daughter or your wife? Oh, my kid. First of all, my daughter is like a hellion. She doesn't sleep. She just okay. she rages until she passes out somewhere on a couch or something like that. So naturally it would be her. But, uh, yeah, my wife is all kinds of amped up for sure. Okay, well, I appreciate it. That's, uh, that's what's going on in Aaron's life all weekend. You can see him at the recital. You can see him at the River City WrestleCon. Uh, a lot of opportunities to see Aaron this weekend, but probably it would be weird if you went to the recital. Like if, Do you ever have that happen, by the way? What? Like you'll if be I performed at, in, the, in the recital? No, no, no. Like you're at the recital and someone's like, hey, I listen to you in the mornings. Is oh, I mean, not from time to time. It's not like anyone's famous in this room. Okay, right talk, that's all, Aaron, from time to time. <laughs> from time, time to time. time. I like that. Well, that's right there, man. 15 years, I would hope someone would be like, do I know you from somewhere? I'd be like, yeah. Well, they can't see you. That's why right. we got the stream. And that's why we got. All right. Hey, yeah. guys. <laughs> there you go. Nice, nice little wave. Um, we're going to talk about something now that's important to me. I know you're not a hockey fan. Brian Middleton's like a Florida Panthers fan because their tickets are cheap and they don't have any fans. Um, but we've got a guy on right now that's going to talk about the one thing I love, and that's the Tampa Bay Lightning. Chris Kren joining us right now, uh, beat writer for the Tampa Bay Lightning, TampaBayLightning.com. Chris, appreciate a couple minutes, man. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you guys doing? We are good. Appreciate the time. I know you're busy, and this has been top of mind for me as soon as I knew you were coming on, man. You were there last night. Lightning get it done 3-1, to one, go up three games to two in the series, in the Garden, which has been a hard place for anybody to win the, these playoffs. What was the energy like in the building when Palat gets that goal uh, late in the game, and it's pretty much game, set, match for the Rangers fans? <laughs> well, it was similar to kind of when Ross Colton scored against uh, the Panthers, the other team you were just talking about it, when he had that last second goal in the, the second round there, it was it was shock. I think even I was shocked, kind of just waiting for, you know, that game probably to go to overtime, similar to game three, and um, it's a great venue. I mean, when I when I was there for game ones and two, uh, the, that was my first time there, and it's a really great atmosphere. It, it definitely lived up to the hype uh, the building did, and the fans did as well, so great place, but yeah, when he scored that, it was it was almost just like a collective gasp kind of throughout the crowd. It was, I think everyone was pretty shocked. And obviously a huge goal for the Lightning. They've done a really good job this postseason of playing a full 60 minutes and playing until, you know, the final horn there. And they pulled out a few last-minute wins uh, this postseason so far. So they're on a on a good run right now and doing a good job looking at games as well. That's, that's a good call, playing all 60 minutes, because they, ha they have done that, like you mentioned. Let me ask you this. I said yesterday um, on here, I thought – that the Rangers would get that game at home, and then I think I thought the Lightning would run off six and seven. 
Are you surprised how it how it happened last night? Like, did you think going into the Garden in that situation it would be a tougher game than it was? Obviously, it's a hard-fought game, but I, I saw it playing out a little differently. Did you? Uh, to be honest, I didn't, but, I, I mean, I just had <laughs> some optimism, I guess, working for the team. But uh, the last two games in Tampa, I mean, they – they seem to kind of figure it out. I mean, games one and two, they were coming off that long nine or ten day layoff, and they just weren't really crisp. And in their practices, they were scrimmaging uh, as they were kind of getting closer to the conference final. And, you know, the thing is, they can't really replicate playoff hockey, especially a conference final in a practice against your own team. You know, you can't have that intensity, and you're not going as hard. You're not trying to hit guys. You don't want to shoot high on the goalie. And, so the first two games, they were a little little sloppy, and then I think games three and four, they kind of figured out what they needed to do and the way they needed to play, and since then, they've been really successful. I mean, it, it was a tight game, and you're right, the Rangers have been so good at home, so that definitely was a concern going in. I thought it would be a close game, which it was, but I think the Lightning have figured it out um, and figured out what they need to do against the Rangers, and that's stay out of the penalty box and, and don't turn the puck over, so... They did a pretty good job with that last night. I think games one and two was they had over 20 turnovers in both of those games, which was a first for them this postseason. So, but they haven't done that since then, and they've been pretty successful, especially at five on five. They're not giving up much uh, at even strength, and they're playing some good hockey right now. Absolutely, they are indeed. Let me ask you about Andre Pilat. Gets it done again last night. Already has a game-winning goal in this series. Dude's been doing it a long time. He's one of the guys, obviously, with Stamkos. But when you think about the Lightning, in my opinion, you think about Andre Pilat. How, I mean, just how massive has he been for maybe those that don't understand to the team? Obviously, he's scoring goals right now. That's not usually always his thing, but is he... In my estimation, one of at maybe two, three most important players on the team. Do I have that right? Absolutely, yeah. I think that's that's a great way to put it. He's just, you know, a seventh round pick, a guy that was picked in the in the final round of the draft back in 2011, and uh, he's been here his whole career. And he kind of goes under the radar a little bit, but he's one of those guys like you know he's a straw that stirs the drink, and he he's always going 100. percent He's he's going so hard every shift, and does all the little things right he's uh you know with all the skilled players they have you need those guys that kind of push the pace and are willing to go in and hit guys and forecheck and he's been willing to do that his whole career and on top of that he's just been a a very clutch player for them he has now he's up to 11 game-winning goals in the playoffs it's the most in lightning franchise history um and he's really not known as a goal scorer so he he never blinks you know he he always plays the exact same way he said it last night after the game he just he goes in every game the same way and he tries to play the same way every night regardless of the game and the circumstance and you know he said sometimes i feel like i play well and i don't get any points sometimes i feel like i didn't play well at all and i'll end up with a couple points but he doesn't really try to measure his game with the numbers he's putting up just more so how he's playing and if he's doing the little things right and Typically, he is doing all those little things right. He's an unrestricted free agent after this year. He's 31 years old now. I'm not sure if another team will come and throw some money at him. I would think they probably would just with his experience. And obviously, you know, when you have rings, you're appealing as a player. So uh, this could be his last ride with the Lightning. I'm not sure if that's the case or not. But he's making the most of his opportunity right now. And I think there's a lot of guys on that team that, you know, want to see him win another one. So he's a great player. He's a foundational player for them. And, if this is his last year, it's been a hell of a ride, and they'll miss him when he's gone. You know, that's for sure if that's the case. Absolutely. Chris Crenn with us right now, beat writer for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You can follow him at Chris underscore Crenn. And you make a good point right there, Chris. I think 
what I as a fan, I was skeptical when Coleman leaves. Um, obviously, he got the bag. Um, you know, not mad at him. Uh, Yanni Gord obviously leaves. Uh, obviously, the guy you'd like to keep, but somebody had to go to Seattle. Um, so, in my opinion, they lost some of those guys that you know forwards that play defensively to check that chase pucks into the zone. So I was worried about that come when the playoffs finally did come. And now, like you mentioned, guys like Palat have filled that void. Are you surprised that, I guess, guys are buying into that mindset after losing Coleman and those type of players? Uh, I'm not surprised, but you're definitely right. Like, that's that's the biggest thing is guys buying in. And I think they just have such a great coach in John Cooper. I mean, I really think he's going to go down as one of the best coaches in NHL history when he finally retires. I mean, he's still pretty young and... He's already had so much success, and I just feel really privileged anytime I'm in the room listening to him talk. You know, he's a former attorney, and he's just so well-spoken, such a smart guy, and he can read the room really well. He's a player's coach. The guys like playing for him, and everyone on the team is bought in to, to what they need to do, and that's the thing that he's talked about a lot is there aren't any selfish players, and everyone knows their role, and if that role has to change and you're getting less ice time, it's, you know, everyone's fine with that. There's no selfish players on the team, and Losing that third line was a concern for sure. I mean, you need – you have those – most teams that go far in the playoffs have those top two lines, but it's once you get to that third and fourth line that it kind of makes a difference. And they brought in Nick Paul and they brought in uh, Brandon Hagel at the trade deadline, and both of those guys have kind of stepped in and almost filled that void uh, that was left with that third line with all three of those guys leaving. So great pickups at the trade deadline. Again, I mean, they, they haven't missed on those very often at all. They, they seem to consistently hit at the trade deadline every year. They just pick up little pieces that kind of push them over the top, and that was two great pickups, and right now they're just looking like a really solid team, lines one through four, and, you know, they've done all of it without Braden Point, who's definitely a top three player on their team, and potentially maybe coming back later in this series or in the Stanley Cup Finals, so we'll see on him. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I was going next, Chris. Braden Point, um, do you anticipate him playing in this series? I'm not sure, to be honest, and I really don't have any inside information on that. But, you know, we, we flew back uh, to Tampa today, and we did some media, and Cooper was asked about it, and he said, we'll just wait and see until tomorrow. But he started off yesterday just saying right off the bat in the morning he's not playing tonight. But as he's continued to skate – at morning skates, he's looked better and better and better. Um, you can see he's progressing. My my wonder is, would they sit him out and maybe hope they win the game because they're playing well right now? And if they need him for Game 7, if that happens, he'll play then. Um, or, you know, maybe, hey, this is a chance to win one game and go to the Stanley Cup Final and get out there and play. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure, to be honest, what the exact injury is. Um, so, we'll see. I mean, I with the way he's skating, I could see him playing in this series. Uh, but, you know, your guess is as good as mine right now. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he came out and played tomorrow. It's, it's crazy that they've done all of this without Braden Point for the most part. Obviously, he hasn't played in this entire series. So I think it's just incredible because for, for my money, obviously, if you're a Lightning fan, you know what Braden Point brings. But one of the most underrated players in the league. Uh, by far. Chris, I'll get you out of here in a second, but I got two more quick ones for you. Do you anticipate having to fly back to New York? Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. I mean, I, I don't want to make a huge prediction, but I uh, I hope not. And not that I don't like going to New York. It's a great city. And that, like I said, the arena is just an awesome atmosphere. But like I said earlier, I think the Lightning have found, found this recipe of how to beat the Rangers. And um, if they can stick to it, 
you know, I think they can do it again. They're great on home ice, and their goalie, Vasilevsky, is so good in elimination games. I think his last seven elimination games, he's given up one goal total, which is just insane. I mean, he's being a goalie in the NHL just seems like such a hard job to me. It's like being a quarterback in the NFL. It's like all the eyes are on you, and there's so much pressure. And he's a rare athlete that when the lights are the brightest, he just shines, and he does so well. He plays so well under pressure. He plays his best. Uh, in the most difficult situations. So I imagine he'll have a big game tomorrow night, and the Lightning typically have been pretty good at closing teams out in, uh, in these situations. So we'll see, but if I had to guess, I would say they closed out tomorrow night. I hope you're right. I really, really hope you're right, Chris. And this is the last one I got for you. My my co-host, Brian Middleton, is not a hockey fan, right? We're trying here in Jacksonville. We got the Iceman, which the city loves, ECHL franchise. So I've been telling Brian Middleton, right? I told him. I said... I, I said, Vazzy is the best goalie on any planet, in any galaxy, in any universe. And I got made fun of. He laughed at me and pointed at me and was telling me there's no way that's possible. Do you agree that he's the best goalie in any other human race there could possibly be? I just want to prove a point here, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, fun fact for you, by the way, before I worked for the Lightning, I'm actually from Tampa, but before I worked for them, I was working with the, the Bruins, and the Icemen were their ECHL affiliate, so I know a couple guys that played on that team, too, but... Um, yeah, I, I think he really is the best goalie in the world. I mean, he's going against a really, really good goalie in Igor Shesterkin, who, for my money, is probably the second-best goalie in the league. And they're both Russians for whatever reason. But he, Vasilevsky is on a different level. If, you know, if there's a team you want to watch to start getting into hockey, it's probably the Lightning, and especially at this time of year. You know, this is the best time of year if you want to introduce people to the game of hockey and people that maybe don't watch it as much. There's nothing better than the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially the conference final and obviously the Stanley Cup final. But, yeah, if you could get him to watch a few games, Vasilevsky is usually good for one or two, just ridiculous save the game. So the Lightning are, are in good hands with him. He's still really young. And, you know, it's, if you have that good goalie, man, it's, it'll take you a long way. And they have some great forwards and defensemen as well. So despite all the little pieces that, that kind of leave due to the salary cap, they still have a really good core and – you know, they're set up for a few years to come, even after this one, with their core group. So it's been a good run. They're going for three in a row. And, you know, even if, if they get it, if they don't get it, they'll be a contender again next year. So it's a good time to be a Lightning fan. If you're in Florida, you want to watch some hockey, they're, they're a really fun team to watch. I, Brian, I told you. I told you he's the best in the world. Why you always be arguing with me over this? Trying to be a <laughs> Panthers fan just because they have cheap tickets. Unbelievable, this guy. Yeah, they're a good Russian goalie, too, though. That that is that is fair. I'm try I'm I'm gonna make him a Lightning fan. I I can promise you that. Chris, I uh, really appreciate the time, man. Uh, thanks again. I hope you're right. I hope you don't have to go back to New York. I hope we do this again sometime. Yeah, same. Thanks, guys. It was nice talking to you. Appreciate you, man. Chris Crenn right there, the beat writer for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Get at him, by the way, on Twitter at Chris underscore Crenn. Uh, he's covering the team. He's in the pressers. He's at the games. He does a great job. So uh, you can get at him that way if you want to keep up with the Lightning as they go to finish off the series tomorrow night. You watching or what? You hockey? I mean, it's the final, so you get you have to, but it's hard to be passionate about hockey when you, no, don't, it's not. When you don't love the sport. Eh, like, it's but hard. you just heard Chris say it like you could become a fan. Like you said, you kind of like the Islanders, you know, Mets, Jets, Nets, Islanders. That doesn't really ring, you know. Only because it felt like it fit in that place of sports depression that I occupy with the Jets, Mets, and Nets. But, you know, 
Well, watch the game. Watch game six. Okay. And you'll see how good Vazzy is. And Brian Milton, I told you, man, there's not a there's not any planet or universe there's a better goalie. It's amazing how comfortable you are with lying. <laughs> that's just what I'll say on the airwaves. It's that's, amazing. That's not true. It's, you know, you ever seen Criminal Minds? Love Criminal, Criminal Minds. Right now. Mm, yeah. At work. Yeah I, like, yeah, I know. I feel like I'm watching it right now. All right. I know I'm way over, but I enjoyed the conversation with Chris. Appreciate him coming on. We hit this break. We got more to do. Stick with us. Action Sports Jack, ESPN 690. We'll be right back. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.